Welcome into our second edition of Talking Ball. It's game week. Uh, joined by Rod Babers, this is Jerry Hamilton of On3 and Inside Texas. What we're covering today, guys, first we're going to get Rod's thoughts on Sark's press conference. He had that at 11 a.m. this morning. Then we're talking D-line. Last week, we started with DBs right up Rod's alley. I have a, pos- I have a feeling every position's up Rod's alley. But we're going <laughs> to D-line this week because Dominic McKinley's committing Friday, September 1st, mm-hmm. to Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Oklahoma, or Ohio State. So he is the biggest recruit right now for Texas fans. So that means we're going to cover the defensive lineman. We're going to talk Alex January, DeAndre Robinson, and Melvin Hills, the three commitments. Then we're going to talk about Dominic McKinley. We'll save edges for another episode where we can spend more time on Colin Simmons. Uh, But Rod, straight out of the gate, it's game week. It's here. Your thoughts on what you heard from Steve Sarkeesian today. He wasn't giving up anything on who's playing where and who and when who's starting and second team, though. He wasn't giving up any of that. No depth chart, no nothing, just like last year. So are we done with depth charts? Depth charts, that's an old man thing. <laughs> I really don't, because I hear now Nick Saban doesn't have a depth chart. Yeah. Other school, so are we just done with the depth chart thing. That's I- I mean, somebody's somebody's is going flex and saying we got control, right? <laughs> <laughs> My thing was, listen, I was just real quick, I, old man, little uh, old man spiel here. I was big on the depth chart because I wanted to yeah. see, I wanted to, to visualize, all right, my accomplishment. I wanted to see, hey, Rod B, I'm at the top of that depth chart. Coach Aquino used to used to actually sit us in rows by the depth chart. First guy in the yeah. first chair, back up in the second chair. So for me, it was personal, but I get it. This, these days, it's a, it's a different situation. It's a different methodology that the coaches are going with. I will say that uh, Sark today, though, one, and a few things that stood out, but obviously the biggest thing was toward the end of the conference. We was asked about uh, <laughs> the comments and, uh, you know, all about uh, what's going on with Texas and yeah, the Embrace the Hate t-shirts, which we know also became a thing. Uh, and then Sark took a, a classy shot, actually. I thought it was a classy shot. Uh, he, took, he took the high road, but it was a it was a classy shot he took back at Brett Yarmark saying he received uh, an email, a uh, memo about sportsmanship. From the conference commissioner, uh, obviously earlier, you know, this year or some at some point, and he thought that was funny that yeah. obviously the conference commissioner did not uh, express and he was not representing great sportsmanship at that time when he took the shot. By the way, which I think was a joke, it was a joke. Yeah. Uh, but you can argue that maybe the conference commissioner shouldn't be making jokes like that. I totally get it. Uh, but what I will say is that. Hey, man, with the back and forth between Texas and Texas Tech now, and you have now the article that has the comments from Joey McGuire saying these so-called blue bloods. Right. If Texas Tech is good, and we we hope Texas is going to be good too, we all think they're going to be good, and that game actually matters, that's going to be one of the most watched college football games potentially of the year just because of all of the drama surrounding it. So it has the potential to be a really, really highly anticipated game. But, yeah, everybody's got to hold up their end of the bargain. You, hey, you said, it, you said it the best way, Rod. It was a professional shot, right? Yep. It's the, He was pretty much saying your statement's the height of hypocrisy without saying it. <laughs> pretty much. You can't I mean, call that's... your commissioner a hypocrite, but he basically did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get into D-line now. We'll have much more on our live streams this week about the leading up to the game, Sarkeesian's press conference and all that good stuff. Uh, Rod, we're going to start with the three commitments. <clears throat> and we're going to start in the state of Texas at Duncanville High School with Alex January. 
Uh, for Texas fans not familiar, and there may be two or three, uh, Alex January is the son of Mike January. Mike January played linebacker at Texas in the mid-'80s. He came out of Lake Charles Westlake High School. All families, all Louisiana, all still live in Louisiana. This recruitment came down to Texas and LSU. Texas won. One, yes, his brother goes to Texas. Mike has season tickets. They go to a lot of Texas games. But Bo Davis, the continuity there. Uh, LSU's had three D-line coaches the last three years. But now, Rod, that's about the recruitment. I want you to get into Alex as the player. What He's going to play over the ball for Texas. That's yep. where he's going to play. What do you see in Alex as a high school player and as a prospect? Yeah, I love his uh, power at the point of attack. I wrote yeah. that down first and foremost. You see him drive offensive linemen back. <laughs> you see him do that consistently. Uh, but also, it's not just power. He's quick enough to slip blocks in the running game. And I actually wrote down, I think he's just kind of a, a natural run-stuffing disruptor. Right. Um, and I, it makes sense they're going to put him right over the ball because as a run stuffer, I mean, this is a guy that really can set the tone. Uh, so I really enjoyed watching his film. I think you can work on some of his, you know, ability as a pass rusher. Um, but in terms of him resetting the line of scrimmage, being one of those guys that can reset the line, I think he can do that consistently. I love the way that he pursues the football, too. Uh, got great pursuit to the football. And for a guy that's 6'4", I think I like the pad level. Usually he knows, he's his, not, yeah, he's he knows what he's doing as far as his pad level, doesn't he, Rod? Yeah, usually guys who are six four, you expect it in high school. It's not, you know, it's it's part of the data, you know, it's part of the data points you write down, something you like, more BGO, uh, better pad level. His pad level actually is consistently really good. I kept looking for different shots of him getting high up, and you would see it every now and then, but for the most part, that pad level stayed pretty low. That's why, you know, on these, on these, uh, you see on these shots, he can instantly penetrate the line of scrimmage because he wins that pad level most of the time and let's talk about how he fits moving to the sec before we move mm -hmm. on to deandre robinson texas going into this class they they've recruited large humans on the offensive line since sark kyle flood got to austin now they make a concerted effort in this class to recruit, recruit large humans on the defensive line especially with tavondre sweat uh being a senior and exiting the program how do you see that fit in the sec uh, with with uh, Alex January, uh, oh, I think it's a, a perfect fit because what you need are you know, and even in the NFL, you're starting to see this too. You know, it, it's hard to to find that 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 pass, that interior pass rushing run stuffing D tackle. Usually, teams are trying to moneyball that, find a a guy that can be a plug as a run defender, and right. also a guy that can you know can be a, a a guy that can penetrate and be a pass rusher situationally. Uh, now you're seeing teams more and more covered players who do have the ceiling to be both, right? They have a ceiling to be both. And, 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 and obviously he's one of those guys. You got the length. I mean, at six, four, three, 25, everybody wants the next uh, Chris Jones. Yeah, <laughs> if exactly. they can find him. Right. And I mean, obviously those guys don't grow on trees, but that's the model. You want a guy that can do both. Who doesn't have to leave the field. You want to, he's not some guy you have to move uh, around depending on the situation of the game. He's a guy that you can actually move around different shades up front depending on what you want to do. Uh, he's a guy that can be an every down player for you. So I think that's the upside for a guy like Alex January is that hopefully he's a guy that you can work on the pass rush. I think naturally he's a run stuffing disruptor. I think, I think as a run stuffer, he's he can help you right away. Uh, I think as a pass rusher, that's something you got to work on, but those just moves. He's got the pad level. You can work on the ball, get off the BGO. Um, and you can work, obviously, his strength as a player. I think he's got a lot of natural ability. And the pass rushing stuff, like I said, you can you can work on that with the interior D-line. We've seen that even at Texas under Bo Davis. 
guys like Kendrick Coburn, That's who right. were considered, uh, you know, pass rushing disruptors, end up becoming that in their last year, just under uh, his tutelage. There you go. That is Rod Babers on Alex January. This is Talking Ball, our second edition ever. Um, Mike January, his father, came on our show and said something great. He said, you know, Alex is underrated from a hand placement standpoint. And I think he's right. The more we've studied Alex uh, January, I think Mike January is absolutely correct on that. And the one thing you're seeing on this tape before we move to DeAndre Robinson, this is North Shore, DeSoto, Cedar Hill. This is great competition Alex January's playing. Now uh, we're going to move on to DeAndre Robinson, Rod, one of my favorite guys in the class. You haven't had a chance to talk with him. I think you will at some point. He's got a hilarious personality. He vlogs his own games. It makes a 10, six to eight, 10 minute highlight every game. <laughs> he he understands this NIL world he's living hmm. in. I'll okay. say that. But this was a huge recruitment because he's out of Orlando Jones High School. And in the last class to set the table for Rod's evaluation here. DeAndre Robinson in, it joins from the last class Cedric Baxter, who may be your starting running back Saturday. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. And Peyton Kirkland out of Orlando. Then you have Jarrett Gibson in this class committed. You have Michael Kern, the punter at St. Thomas Aquinas. You have a couple of guys at IMG, Gibson being one, Jordan Jontrebell being another, even though he's from Fort Worth. But Texas is making a concerted effort to recruit in Florida. And getting DeAndre Robinson over childhood favorite Florida, who they won't give up until signing day, out of Orlando was another huge win because that means Cedric Baxter and Peyton Kirkland had great things to say about their time at Texas so far. So now let's get into DeAndre as a player. He's 6'3 and a half, 315. He is a guy that when he hits people – it feels like it hurts on tape, Rod. What have you seen? <laughs> um, what I loved about his film, I said uh, he uses active hands. He, yeah. he engages with his hands, and you can watch him engage and disengage and separate. It's yeah. something you can watch over and over again with him, and you love that for young defensive linemen. And you just talked about, we talked about that with Alex January. His dad says, hey, his hands are underrated because hands are big. Hands, are, hands overall are something that's underrated as an evaluation data point for defensive linemen. And he's a guy that uses really active and violent hands. Love that about him uh, with his initial punch. You can actually see him stand up offensive linemen yes. that are trying to well, block him. He jolts him, right? The yes, he does. He, he like shocks them back and they stand Whoa. up, which they don't want to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, they don't want to get their pad level high either and get out of position. So you can tell I love that about his game. Also, you know, you can tell teams are trying to run away from him, which makes sense. I wouldn't run at him either. Uh, but I love his pursuit as a big man. You want to see that. You want to see guys be able to pursue down the line. You want to see guys be able uh, to, you know, be able to make plays beyond the line of scrimmage. You don't want some guy who's just, hey, within a five-yard box and a, and a phone booth. That's when he's disruptive. When the ball's away, you can see him pursue the football. I did like that too. And I think he's a natural pass rusher. I do you know, too. Some guys yeah. I think he's a. I think he naturally, whether it just be him knowing how to get skinny, uh, using leverage, uh, when be able to have a few assortment of moves. I think actually, from what I've watched, he actually is a natural pass rusher and does that really well. Does not give ground in the running game. I wouldn't say he's a disruptor, but he does not give ground in right. the running game, and that's really where you start with a defensive lineman. You cannot give ground, and he does not. I love that about him, and he makes a lot of splash plays. I mean, you. Look at his stats, 18 tackles for loss, nine sacks last season. This is a guy that makes splash havoc plays, right? Havoc-minded defenders, he is one of those guys. And the thing I noticed about him in person, too, is 
he keeps his eyes up on contact, Rod. You know, a lot of young D linemen, they drop those eyes on that first mm-hmm. contact, and they got to raise up and find the ball. I think DeAndre does a good job keeping his eyes up so he's always in the play. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe that's why he, the hands are active so he can yeah. vision. So he can yeah. clear the vision and be able to see and be able to manhandle the uh, the opposing blocker to be able to see and, and create those windows. Yeah, it feels like DeAndre is never out of a play, which is a great sign for a 6'3", 315-pound young defensive lineman. All right, Rod, next up, we're moving on to Melvin Hills. Okay, Melvin Hills is interesting. Um, he came down to Texas and Ole Miss. Texas won out. Out of Lafayette uh, Christian Academy there in Louisiana. Uh, Bo Davis' longstanding relationship with a couple people close to that recruitment. Uh, Bo did a great job there. Melvin's different and he's interesting because he he wears he wore two knee braces as a, as a junior on tape. I'm sure you noticed that he had had an ACL early his sophomore season, missed the whole season, came back, kind of protected those legs a little bit last year. First, their kickoff jamboree this year. He took the knee brace off of one. He still had it on the knee that he had surgery on. But I think as the season goes on, we're going to see a little bit more explosive player than what we did on junior uh, video there. Uh, he's 6'3 and a half, 270. He's got long arms. He hasn't even scratched a surface physically. I was down there at his practice last week uh, where DeAndre, Alex are probably farther along in their frame development. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin has a long way to go, Wayne, being 6'3 and a half, 270, probably 79-inch wingspan. So, Rod, when you when you broke down the film on Melvin, what, what kind of stood out to you? What did you notice? I just loved how versatile he was. I mean, he – uh, there's some plays where he's actually standing up as a stand-up defensive end. Some other plays, they can move him inside. I know at the next level, he's not going to be playing multiple shades, but just to show you about his, his athleticism overall, I mean, that's a guy that, you know, they, they move him around a lot, which I really, really liked. Um, and I, it's something I wrote down that I think is really good about him. He's For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. He's one of those athletes, and it's strange. He kind of reminded me of the way he moves. Of a of a larger Malcolm Roach, <laughs> and some of the the, the movies, and I'm not mean as this. So I meant that as he's in the compliment. NFL. He's in the yes. NFL because Malcolm Roach was, like you said, he, he ended up playing like I don't know, damn near every position right. in the front seven. But I just because he was, I think he's just a, an athlete that has a lot of variety in his skill set. And like you said, yeah. you haven't really even hit the, uh, the hit the tip of the iceberg with this young man because of all the injuries. He's two seventy at six three. So I imagine strength and conditioning program, nutritionist, he's gonna put on a lot of weight put on some muscle mass. I don't even think we know how his body's going to look in two years. He could be one of those guys. Oh, Rod, he's good. I have I no idea. Seeing him in person, 
he was a kid that I would tell his mom, you won't even recognize your son after a year. I mean, yes. that's, that's the type of kid he is. Totally physically. agree. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, watching him, he's so fluid now as an athlete. Yeah. I'm like, man, he's fluid. He moves really well. You pack on 25, 30 pounds, and I wonder if the coaches look at him and see how he moves and still think, oh, man, this is a guy that hey, is moving still really well at you know with that extra weight on, with that extra muscle on. So I love I love that his body right now seems to be you know uh, this, this raw clay. <laughs> that you yes. got, there's a lot of room for, to mold this young man but i wrote this down too plays with violence yes <laughs> and a great motor and, and a motor i was going to mention that his motor it, is his oh, number one asset it's unbelievable he yeah. i mean really he it, it, it's amazing some of the plays if you'll watch him and he ends up having to chase and pursue the football i i would like to track the miles that he ends up running or the, <laughs> how long he runs on a play because it's unbelievable but the motor is it's it, it's it's something that jumps off the field Jumps off the field and he plays with violence. When he when he gets there to the point of attack and gets to the ball, everybody's gonna know it. Everybody. Hey, and Will Muschamp used to say this is still a developmental sport. It's not add water instant player. And when you're watching Texas fans, when you're watching Hills and Rod's talking to him, understand this is the that guy that Will Muschamp's talking about. This is not the guy that's gonna come in and compete for a starting job out of the gate at Texas. He's the guy that's going to develop so after one year what does this guy look like similar to Aaron Bryant when he came in who's packed on 25 pounds different position uh, with all that defensive line but that's one thing for Texas fans to remember on Melvin Hills all right Rod well here we go September 1 Friday at some point Friday afternoon at Acadiana High School Dominic McKinley five-star ranked number 22 in the country uh, he's out of Lafayette, uh, same uh, hometown as Melvin Hills, is going to announce his decision out of Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and LSU. Mm. He's going to be a computer science major. So, well, Texas <laughs> has something going for him now. That's a great computer <laughs> science school at the University of Texas. I believe one of the top three or four in the country. Mm. But this guy is reminds me seeing him in person and that he's going to need some time to develop technically. He reminds me of Alfred Collins, Rod. He's 6'5", 280, probably runs 4'7". He's got an 82-inch wingspan. He's probably got 35-inch arms, the same deal Alfred has. But on tape, how many guys have you – and he started his senior year with a pick six, just like he started his junior year with. How many guys have you seen with interception returns for touchdowns as three techniques in high school, like that size? Yeah, that I wrote that down too. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to see him make plays like that, but it shows you his situational awareness. Yes, right. It's, 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 this goes to some guys their natural football instincts and football IQ. The reason that he was able to make those plays is because he kind of saw that screen developing. All right, he, he, you can tell he was aware of that situation and was able to make plays. So I mean, so. So, you know, it, some of those guys, they, like I said, I, I didn't have those great football instincts, but I played with those guys, and they do exist. And he seems to be one of those players. There's also a great play where he pursues uh, a player. It's a 55-yard pursuit, essentially, of a ball carrier. Um, and he ends up running, uh, like, I, I probably 70 yards total. Right. Because he went into the backfield, then the play broke. Then he came around the backside of the play to pursue the football. It was freaky to watch. I'm not going to lie. That was some freaky story, freaky stuff. And it just shows you that, yeah, he's got the, the raw materials and he's got an extremely high upside, but also he's got the football character. That's football character right there. Because he could have he jogged that one out. Everybody, No, he wanted to make sure he got there to the ball. And he was there, party at the football. Um, I also like the fact that 
I mean, he's a mountain of a man now, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he is man. He uses it. He manhandles the the offensive lineman at times, and it's fun to watch. I mean, and, and at one point, he sheds blocks really well. Then he doesn't get caught up in the wash, in the muck. Exactly. Broke that down, too. I love that about him. I mean, sometimes you can see big defensive linemen, they'll just kind of get caught up in all the traffic, and they don't get to the ball carrier quick enough. This is not one of those guys navigates his way really well through all the traffic, sheds blocks, gets to the football. Love that about his game, too. Um, and also, I put this on there, too, um, his, his great effort, man. Great effort. He's, he's an effort ball player. He's I mean, the player you were talking about. Like, look, look, at yep. look at this guy. Look yep. at him. He wanted, and he wanted to get on the ball, too. He was like, no, no, I'm getting in on this tackle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this game, man. I, I'm with you. Um, there could be a bit of a project there because he could put on some weight, and you really – don't know where his body could go because his frame could probably right. handle, I don't know, 25 extra pounds if you wanted to do that. But he's also got, I expect to play multiple shades up front. If you're no talking doubt. about that Chris Jones, yes, uh, you know, kind you of start. You brought up Chris Jones this earlier. This is the I saw Chris Jones in high school, yeah. ranked him number two overall in America. He there's some similarities here between these two guys and their upside. I will say that Chris Jones was a quiet guy, too. He was kind of – you kind of wonder, okay, man, you're a little – you're small town, you're quiet, you're not as outgoing as most of these D linemen are, like a DeAndre Robinson, mm -hmm. some of these guys. Uh, but, boy, you had a different level of talent to work with. And that's kind of what I see with Dominant McKinley. Um, Rod, before we get out of here, last thing I want to ask you, because uh, I want to ask about the Texas interior defensive line this year. Oh, yeah. They're going to play six guys in the rotation. But with a guy like Jare Bledsoe's emergence – Vernon Broughton's returning, Aaron Bryant's a year old. I mean, they pretty much have eight guys they could feel comfortable with playing. Now, Broughton's more of a disruptor, not an anchor against the run, right? Aaron Bryant's an anchor against the run, not a disruptor. But what do you kind of see? What are your expectations from that position this year as we close it out? Uh, they're extremely high. I remember last year, if you pro, based on pro football focus rankings, they would say that Texas had the deepest D-line in the country. Right. Uh, it was definitely in the top three to five. And the reason that Texas was able to put so much pressure on the opposing quarterback, and I think they were second in pressures, according to pro football folks behind Clemson, was because of that interior defensive line. Those guys were extremely disruptive, and both of those guys ended up getting drafted more Ojemo and Kendrick Coburn. But Byron Murphy behind him and Tavondre Sweat now will step up into those roles. And I, I think both of those guys actually can be forces. I think right. it, Byron Murphy is going to demand a double team a lot of the time. And I think Tavondre Sweat's got that kind of ability, too, to demand a double team. You, if you end up having two guys like that that can demand a double team where you can't single block those guys, that's the numbers advantage you're going to win on the back end. And that can be huge for Texas going forward. And then you got the depth, right? And that's the beauty of it. You go look at it last season, they were platooning those right. interior defensive linemen really, really well. And I remember Kendrick Coburn even saying, he said, honestly, when you look at it, I don't get that many snaps. He said, so number one, I'm, I'm really fresh. But number two, I gotta make. I gotta take advantage of the snaps that I get because the other guys that are getting reps are really, really good. That creates a competition, and it did not hurt his draft stock. That's the it, thing. It maybe yes. helped his draft stock. So something you know, defensive lineman to remember out there. Uh, that'll do it for this second edition of Talking Ball. Rod and I have a new show coming out later this week. It's going to be mm -hmm. called the Quarterback Room. So we're going to break down Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterbacks weekly, the opponent quarterbacks, and talk about Texas commits maybe some targets of that position. Uh, so for Rod, this is Jerry Hamilton. This has been this week's edition of Talking Ball, and we'll talk to you again next week and a few times this week as well. Welcome.